Hello fellow office mates, it's Wes back again, this time with a new project. I can't believe it's been a month since the last episode of Greatness to tonight's episode of our new project, The Wildcat Offense. The month off was good. Time to relax, recharge, and tackle this project head on. Of course, with the Wildcat offense, we'll be covering the 2023 football season and the 2023-2024 men's basketball season of the Northwestern University Wildcats. Why Northwestern? If I did not tell you guys yet, or if I should remind you all, I am a proud Northwestern alum, graduated from their Master's in Sports Administration program in June of 2022. And it inspired me to cover these two teams from end to end for this calendar year. Football seeks a new beginning, while basketball looks to add on to their very, very good 2022-2023 campaign, which led to a NCAA tournament appearance. I am so glad that college football is back. We've been waiting for so long. Not that there's anything wrong with the sports that take place in between football and college football, right? Baseball's amazing. Of course, there's soccer. We had the pleasure of watching the Women's World Cup, the NBA Finals. All those sports are awesome. But something about college football just hits different in this country. And it's no different for us Northwestern Wildcat fans. Of course, I'm not going to shy away and mention that football is seeking a new beginning due to all the allegations of hazing that were placed on the program. This led to former coach Pat Fitzgerald losing his job, and now the defensive coordinator, David Braun, stepping in to becoming the interim head coach while becoming a defensive coordinator at the same time. Of course, when there's lawsuits, negative media press, court of public opinion put against your team, it can be very distracting. However, the show must go on. There's 12 games to be played, and the Wildcats got to do their best every single week. And it starts with this past Sunday's game at Rutgers in Piscataway at Shy Stadium. So refreshing to see those guys back. I know the team went 1-11 last year, and that sucked. But, of course, everybody starts 0-0 on Week 0, or Week 1 in our case. And, again, a new beginning. The Wildcats were seen as underdogs for this match, as a six-point underdog, if I saw correctly. And, of course, again, with a new coach, new quarterback, new personnel in general, there has to be a lot of things that you might not put too much confidence on. But, again, if you're faithful to the team, you're going to give full-on confidence no matter what. Let's take a quick break. And I'll break down the week one game between our Northwestern Wildcats and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The good news about this week is that the Wildcats finally got their first game out of the way. The bad news, the team lost 24-7. Scoring plays are as follows. 8.04 mark in the first quarter. Rutgers has a passing touchdown from Gavin Wimsett to Ian Strong for 11 yards. At the 13-26 mark of the second quarter, 
Gavin Wimsett had a six-yard touchdown run. 7.42 in the second, Jai Patel of Rutgers hits a 32-yard field goal. 4.05 mark of the third quarter, Kyle Monangai has a 15-yard run. And at the 19-second mark of the fourth quarter, our Wildcats finally score off a one-yard pass from Brendan Sullivan to Caleb Komolafe. Once again, final score, 24-7. I'm going to sit here and tell you that that was a tough game to watch. If anything, if you ask me, the game was over after the first quarter. Though passing, you can say, was a little bit iffy overall. What really killed the Wildcats in that game was the time of possession as well as the lack of protection and the lack of aggressiveness from the defensive line. Um, In the first quarter alone, time of possession was 13 minutes, 34 seconds to 1 minute and 26 seconds in favor of Rutgers. Part of that was due to the Scarlet Knights converting on three fourth down conversions. That's right, three. Now, both teams were in the bottom half of the barrel when it came to fourth and third down conversions, yet Rutgers was able to secure three of them in one afternoon. And when you're extending the time of possession like that, when you're on defense and it's a hot day like it was on Sunday, that's not going to do you any favors, and it doesn't give the offense a chance to get ready and make an answer right away. Surprisingly enough, NU had actually zero rushing yards when they were on offense. It was not all that great. Though, I will say, uh, Ben Bryant, the Cincinnati transfer, had two good passes. It just fizzled right away as it seemed like every pass after that seemed to not go well or was picked off. Um, To look at the final line stat here, Bryant went 20 of 36 for 169 yards with two interceptions. His longest pass was 26 yards with five sacks. Five. That is very, very unacceptable. Like, man, it, it, it's how, how are you going to score points when you can't get the ball to your receivers or you can't get the run game going? To further go into these stats, the team had... 12 yards total rushing. The most productive rusher was Brendan Sullivan, who didn't get to see action until the fourth quarter, with 2.8 yards a carry, 4 attempts, 11 yards gained, and 11 yards overall. Though Brendan Sullivan did look good in his stint, if your backup quarterback is your leading rusher for the day, oh man, that is not going to be fun. I mean, if we look through the list here, Cam Porter only averaged 1.3 yards, Komalafe 3.5 yards, but then again, he had his uh, stints towards the end of the game with Sullivan. Henning had one yard overall. Um, he gained seven but lost six. Uh, I believe it was on a reverse play that just got blown up by the defensive line of Rutgers. And Ben Bryant actually had negative 1.9 average yards, negative 15 overall. The receiving core looked to have a little bit of potential uh, headed by A.J. Henning, the Michigan transfer, and Cam Johnson. However, both men had four receptions apiece, 45 yards to Johnson, 42 to Henning. Cam Porter was more productive on the receiving end with four receptions and 26 yards. 
and the rest of the field belongs to Thomas Gordon, Jacob Gill, Joseph Hyman, Marshall Lang, Anthony Tyus, Rod Hurd, Charlie Mangieri, Jack Kennedy, Donnie Gray, and Caleb Komalafe. Frank Covey, the true freshman, did get some action, but had zero reception, zero yards. One target, but that pass was incomplete. Now, Rutgers, on the other hand, Gavin Wimsett, their starting quarterback, went 17 for 29 with 163 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, long pass of 20, and got sacked zero times. Again, I was talking about how the offensive line for the Cats could not seem to protect Ben Bryant. The O-line for Rutgers seemed to have no problem keeping Gavin Wimsett upright and let him run around and make those key passes. Though in the first quarter, uh, Rutgers' rushing game looked pretty good. Overall, it looked like nothing to write home about if we're talking about average yards of carry with Monongai having 14 touches, 49 yards, averaging 3.5 a carry, and Jason Benjamin with 20 touches, 48 gain, 2 loss with 46 yards overall, and 2.3 um, yards of carry. But again, Rutgers did edge Northwestern in the rushing department by a considerable amount, 122-12. to 12. And of course, when you have a good run game, it correlates to having pretty good T.O.P., time of possession, and that's exactly what happened in this game. As a matter of fact, overall, with possession time, 37.56 to 22.04. So if you were to really look at it, it seems as if Rutgers had the ball the whole game and Northwestern didn't have it at all. The one bright spot I will bring out about this game for the Cats is that Bryce Gallagher had 19 total tackles, 15 assists, 4 solo. Of course, he is the fearless leader of that defense, and we can expect him to do big things this year, but that is a good start for him, to have 19 tackles in a game and to be pretty much the defense uh, outside of uh, the corners that uh, we had out there, which seemed to do a pretty decent job um, in the beginning. Um they forced Rutgers to beat them running and forcing Gavin Wimsett to use his legs more, which, again, paid off quite well for uh, for them. But I did want to point that out, that um, Gallagher had a really, really good game on defense. But, again, it doesn't take away the fact that from a total standpoint, um, the Cats did not seem to have anything going for them. And, of course... You lose by three scores, four scores. Um, to be fair, it is just the first game of the season. Um, I believe it was Jason McCordy on the CBS broadcast that said it best. Northwestern has much of the season to get things together and figure it out. And honestly, I hope that that is the case. Next, or should I say this coming week, the Cats are finally back in E-Town facing the UTEP Miners. I will say the slightly disrespectful thing, or if not fully disrespectful thing about this, is that the odds makers have Northwestern as a two-point underdog at home against a, not a mid-major, but definitely not a Power 5 conference team. Of course, the logic behind sports is that you want to win all of your games, or at the least most of your games at home, and steal whatever you can on the road. And, of course, you want to win the home opener. That's when everybody comes through 
you have all your students, you have your all your alumni come by. Town gets a little buzz, and uh, knowing that their guys in purple are back, and you know we got to prepare the whole week to make sure that you know the fans can be treated to a show, especially with that poor showing in week one. Though Sullivan did really have a good stint, albeit four passes, um, I do think that Ben Bryant will be the one to start the game next week. Um, Of course, if he has trouble this week, I would consider maybe having Sullivan play next week. Um, It seems like this quarterback battle could get really interesting throughout the course of the season. And I also hope that the receiving core of Johnson and Henning can get more productive as uh, they play UTEP at home. I'd also want the run game to be pretty productive uh, going into this week's game. I know that this team can do better than 12 yards overall rushing or even 3 yards from your primary running back. However, again, the offensive line is the one that needs to step up in this case. If they can keep both Sullivan and Bryant upright, as well as creating opportunities for Porter and Komalafe Henning to find some open green out in Ryan Field, then, of course, we can have a good day and be 1-1 one one on the year. Um, again, there's plenty of football left to be played. I'm very confident in this group against UTEP. I do think that the odds makers are wrong for making the Wildcats a two-point underdog, and... I think the Wildcats will actually win by a score. So my prediction will be Northwestern 21, UTEP 14. Offsea Nation, let me know what you think about last week's game and this week's game, your predictions, your scores, who you think should step up, what the areas of improvement are, etc. This has been fun. This has been a really fun first episode to do for the Wildcats and the Wildcat Offense Project. Um, good luck to the Wildcats when they go play the Miners at Ryan Field. I know, again, it's going to be a fun atmosphere being at home in front of the home fans and being back in Evanston where everyone's been pretty much craving to go watch uh, college football again. Um, yeah, once again, thank you so much. Offsea Sport can be found wherever you stream your podcasts. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Offsea Sport also is on social media via Twitter at Offsea Sport. Again, O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. You can also catch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sport. Please, please spread the word about the podcast, the podcast project to friends, family, colleagues, whoever may be interested in um an office-style sports talk discussion, whether it's about the Wildcats or about the Greatness series. Um, Those are all still available on the streaming platforms. And once again, thank you so much for your unwavering support. It really means a lot. Join us again next week as we review the UTEP game and take a look into their Week 3 matchup against Duke at Duke on September 16th. Thank you so much again. (laughs) 